The NFL playoffs and wildcard weekend are almost here. Let's take a closer look at these playoff teams and rank them. Coach, quarterback, how do the passing games, how do the defenses rank, special teams, and overall rankings for the playoff teams as we enter the tournament. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, <coughs> you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's promo code locked on pricepicks.com. Here we go, Matt. Uh, how do you want to preface this thing? This is yeah. you doing your spreadsheet. Uh, everyone knows that listens to this show. You like to dabble with your spreadsheets, and, and now you're ranked out uh, every different category from coach to quarterback to run game to pass defense to run defense, special teams for all 14 playoff teams here as we start wildcard weekend. Yes, I want to get to my process in a minute. But I just found this while I was doing this research and figuring out, you know, how I want to put my final ranks for each of those categories. And let me run this by you. I think this is really, really telling. So everyone knows 14 teams go to the playoffs, right? So of the top 15 offenses in EPA per dropback, passing offense, you know, you know, efficiency per dropback of the top 15, 13 of them are playoff teams. I mean, I think that just I, I, my big thoughts lately of the league are voluminous running is coming back. And, you know, you, you, and I do think it's a really interesting conversation that by running, running, running teams like Atlanta were allowed, were able to stay above water. But the Lions and Raiders and the Lions were probably the best team that didn't make the playoffs are the only teams in the top 15 in EPA per dropback that didn't make the playoffs. And the one that didn't make that did make the playoffs were the Ravens, who play the game different than anybody else, and you know had some money in the bank when Lamar went down to still get into the playoffs. I mean, they they went a month without their quarterback. So efficiency through the air, I still think rules the league. And that Baltimore team probably looks like maybe the worst team without Lamar. Yeah, right, 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 and they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that I, that's a great. It's funny because as soon as you started to read that stat, I, I know exactly. I believe that came from um, John Ledyard, old friend. Oh, did of it? Okay. As well, because I think I retweeted that same statistic, and uh, it went on to talk about. I, thought I came up with it on my own. I was looking at. <laughs> no, it's it's, crazy. it's yeah. such an obvious thing, um, and it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's not obvious, but it's it's when you start looking at EPA, you're like, well, wait a second. All the good passing teams are in the playoffs, right? Yeah, right, right. And uh, some of the good running teams are in the playoffs. You want to be good. You don't want to be a bad running team. But those teams that tried to run the ball a lot, the Atlantas and even the Tennessee Titans, they're just trying to make up for their lack of a good passing game with a run game because that's exactly. the only way to keep the games competitive. They're, they're not If they had an opportunity to have a good quarterback and a good passing game, you bet they'd be doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, they're, they'd gladly play in the fast lane, but they, you know, their car doesn't go that fast, you know, so they're going to play it the way that they can, you know. 
So, so here we, this okay. is funny. So the, this the, the the similar tweet from John Ledyard a couple of days ago, and okay. it, 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 it's so telling. And I retweeted it, and he talks about the 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 defense or the the running side as well. So of the top fifteen teams in EPA per drop back, only Lions Raiders didn't make the playoffs. Okay, yeah. and of the top fifteen teams in EPA per rush, yeah. Seven of those top 15. So half of those teams wow. basically didn't make the playoffs, including six of the top 10 in EPA per rush. Wow. That's probably the Bears and, you know, some of those type of teams. That yeah. makes sense. It's interesting. I mean, I do think it evens the play- playing field, the ability to run with volume. But in the end, if you're, if you're a bad team, you're like, okay, yeah, right, right, right. You're lose by fewer points by running the ball and keeping the shortening the game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always use this example of, if it's the first one to a hundred, I'm never going to beat Steph Curry in a three point contest. But if it's first one to one, I got a shot. <laughs> and I get this a lot. <laughs> everybody knows that I'm like the anti running back guy. I'm the running right, back right, right. Don't matter guy. And when the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey, I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to get value for this because he's a quote unquote running back. And then people keep coming at me. And they're like, hey, is this, are you changing your tune now? Are you going to change your tune? Because look, we're seeing these teams run the ball and we're seeing uh, there's 16,000 yard rushers or whatever it was this year. And r- running the ball is making a comeback. And Christian McCaffrey, look how good he's been for the 49ers. And, sure. and my response is, why is Christian McCaffrey so valuable? It's because he does the things aside from running the ball also. And that's what gives yeah. him his value. So his value is basically because he's you brought in another Debo Samuel, not because you brought in a straight up. Jerome Bettis, right. Right, yeah. exactly. right, right, right. So that kind of brings me to my categories. I, I think I've done this every year that I've been in the media for like 20 years in a row this week leading up to the, the uh, uh, playoffs. And what I used to do is I just go down every position – rank them one to you know 14 back then it was 12 whatever but then i realized this year i'm like does anybody really care who between the eighth and ninth tight end you know so i made the categories broader as opposed to defensive backfields linebackers so i went t i went coach quarterback run game as a whole you know not running back just i mean so run game and by that i mean jalen hurts lamar you know i mean how well does the team run the ball and then the next category, which is the McCaffrey conversation, receiving weapons. Like, San Fran was number one in my receiving weapons, but I'm counting McCaffrey and Kittle and not just pat, right. not, not just you know wideouts. O-line's its own category. Pass defense, run defense, special teams. And then I added them all up, which isn't a perfect formula. I'd rather have a great quarterback than special teams. You know what I mean? But it kind of gives you an idea of what the strongest teams are in the categories. Well, let's start with head coaches. Okay. Who, as far as coaching, did you consider just head coaches or entire coaching staffs here with Co- this one? And I don't think anybody should be surprised that Andy Reid and the Chiefs are number one on your list. Yeah, I did the entire coaching staffs. Like, okay. I gave Cincinnati a lot of credit because I think their defensive coordinator is tremendous. You know, so and in this exercise, I also looked at it a little different than if these teams were squaring off in week 10. You know, it, it, more so than the other categories the other columns because i think postseason coaching experience is really important you know like i have the Ravens six but i don't adore their offensive scheme anymore but harbaugh carries a lot of weight for me pete carroll carries a lot of weight they're seven you know like jacksonville might win coach of the year and i know peterson's won a super bowl but you know it's still an inexperienced group so they're eight Especially with Kansas City, who I think most people would 
have said coming into the year that maybe the talent is not quite as high as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as it had been in, in a couple of past years, you lose Tyreek Hill and some other pieces, but you still have some really good pieces. And obviously you have your quarterback there, but Andy Reid and the chiefs, number one on your list. Number two is the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's group. And you know, another yeah. potential head coach being hired away on the defensive side with D'Amico Ryan's the number one defense in the 2022 season on this team. So they've got it working on both sides of the ball right now, going into the playoffs. No team is hotter on a 10 game win streak. And I will add with, with, with Kyle Shanahan, one of his un, sort of, underrated superpowers as a head coach is he's really good at finding assistance in, in, in oh, yeah. deciding who to hire and developing assistant coaches. And I, th- you know, I think he's got another good, nobody was like Brian Greasy. He's like, Oh, we know Brian Greasy, you know, good college player, NFL quarterback. He's been in the booth. And then all of a sudden, Oh, you hired Brian Greasy. He went from the booth to quarterbacks coach. And then wow. all the quarterbacks played pretty well for the 49ers this year. So he might've found another one. Who knows? We're talking in a couple seasons about, uh, people interviewing Brian Greasy for head coach, right? So um, he's just really good at identifying and developing coaches underneath him as well, which is really important. So when you consider the whole staff and what Kyle Shanahan has done in the 10-game win streak, uh, I, I agree with this. But it's one thing nobody really talks about with Kyle Shanahan. He's really good at finding assistance. That's interesting because you know, it brings me to the bottom of this list in that I didn't know who Mike McDaniel was two years ago and didn't know much about him just a year ago. And I've been very impressed with what he's done in Miami. But my bottom of this, this Miami, Minnesota Chargers, they're all rookie head coaches. And I, I know Dayball is too. I have him at nine. Um, I just think he's done a tremendous job. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a boost over the mm-hmm. new guys, you know. Uh, who stood out to you at the top outside of the, the top couple of coaches there? Since he, like I mentioned, I just want to call them out because I think their defensive coordinators really come a long way. And I have a lot more faith in Taylor now than I did to start the year. You know, I think he's made some adjustments on offense. He's deferred to the defensive coordinator. I think he's really finding himself as a head coach. You've got Philly number three, Nick Sirianni. Both of his offensive and defensive coordinators are getting head coach interviews right now. Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills, four on the list. John Harbaugh is always high on the coach list. He's six for you here. Pete Carroll, seven. Uh, and then uh, is there a tier after sort of those coaches before it gets to the newcomers to the playoff scene here with Brian and, and some of them? And you got Doug Peterson in, um, in Jacksonville at number eight. Yeah, and Peterson does have a Super Bowl, but it's a new surroundings and – I wouldn't say his coordinators light me up, you know? So, I mean, obviously these are going to be some of the best staffs in the league. I mean, we didn't get Tomlin or Belichick or some of the guys that are often in there. And I don't know where I'd rank Belichick in this list. I kind of was happy he wasn't there because I wouldn't be kind to his staffs, you know? You got to separate the, the GM and the head coach. Right, right, right. right. Although but, he put together a shabby coaching staff this year too. Underneath. That's what I mean. Like, I don't want to, the offensive coordinator would be like last, you know? Did... Uh, did Brandon Staley save his job? He's 14 on the list for you here uh, with the Chargers coming up last. Did he save his job by making the playoff? Is his job not saved yet? I think he's safe, but I hadn't thought of this angle. Is Tampa safe? I mean, there was some heat around them. And what if Brady leaves? And I, you know me, I, I mean, I think our listeners know I'm not a hot button, hot take guy saying it just to say it. I'm not so sure Sean Payton doesn't end up as the Cowboys head coach next year. Mm, one and done for Dallas. I don't I think Jerry would be it. very happy about that. Is that, I think it's the second year, isn't it? 
Uh, what I mean in the playoffs. One. Oh game. yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That's what I meant. Right. It, whoever loses Dallas Tampa, I don't know is safe. Interesting. Let's just okay. do that. We might not be done with with coaching interviews here in the uh, coaching head coach openings. There's a new offensive coordinator opening with the uh, Jets, by the way, who fired um, Michael Floor is not coming back there. Mm, yeah. All right. Next, we got to move on to ranking quarterbacks, run game, receiving weapons, uh, pass D, run D, special teams, and the entire playoff group of fourteen. Next. Today's episode brought to you in part by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, statistics, news, and analysis this season. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Obviously, you're going to find all those wildcard playoff lines, playoff lines for every week leading up to the Super Bowl. There is uh, no end to the sports and lines and props and draft props for the NFL. You've got college hoops you got women's hoops you've got nba of course and even vegas casino games as well as esports and other things that you can have fun with at bet online and make sure you get informed with all the information at bet online before you make your bets there as well and if you love sports podcasts and i know you do you can find those at bet online as well always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at bet online where the game starts Ultimate Football GM, if you've ever dreamed of being a NFL GM and managing your football franchise from top to bottom, well, your dream can come true with Ultimate Football GM. The mobile game, manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable. Offline, play on the go as you and when you want to. And Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Use promo code Locked On in the game to get a 100% free boost for your franchise. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Matt, quarterbacks. How do you rank the quarterbacks for these 14 playoff teams here as we head toward wildcard weekend? I'm going to start at the bottom because Miami's 14, Baltimore's 13. I'm assuming Lamar's not playing. But if Lamar would play, I would bump the the Ravens up to six. Or I think I'd even go to five. Um we could fight about this, but I put San Francisco 12. I, I mean, mean just disrespectful. to <laughs> Just behind Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. Got to see more. I mean, this is a playoffs. I mean, this is the chips are down. That's what I did with your boy Brock, but subject to go only, only could go up. I just do want to say in the six games he's played, he has, he's been the number one quarterback in the NFL statistically. I know every important category. I just want to say that. I don't know if that's going to continue. Uh, Probably will not continue throughout his career and into the playoffs, but uh, he has been awesome. But I mean, how do you rank a guy who's only played six career games going into the playoffs? Right. Tough exercise. And you blew me away yesterday. I mean, you said statistically and maybe in passing the eyeball test, Purdy's stint is the best quarterback play that Shanahan's ever had as Niners head coach. It's the best half dozen game sample of quarterback play that Kyle Shanahan has had with the 49ers. Wow. Okay, I need your help with the middle part here. I had a really hard time in the opposite vein of Purdy 
of what to do with Mr. Brady. Because I had T-Bay 7, Jacksonville 8, Minnesota 9. I pro- I mean, would you rather play against Brady in the playoffs or Lawrence? <laughs> I mean, like, it's a total opposite way of looking at things. And Cousins isn't bad. He had a better year than Brady. That is difficult. Right. You got to bring some respect. It's a playoff. Is, and so that's why they're back-to-back for you, 7 and 8 here on your list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I had a hard time with that one. The top was pretty easy for me. I went Mahomes, Burrow narrowly over Allen, Herbert kind of stood alone, Hurts and Dak. Burrow over Josh Allen, huh? We've got yeah. Mahomes one, we've got Cincinnati two, Buffalo three, Chargers four, Philly five, Dallas six, Tampa Bay seven, Jacksonville eight, Minnesota nine, Seattle 10, Giants 11. I think that's probably where I would have a bone to pick with you about the Purdy thing. I maybe just at least put him at, at 11 I here about uh, of Daniel Jones. Um, but Dable's gotten a lot out of Daniel Jones this year, more than more than no I doubt. for sure. Um, Purdy with the 49ers, you got then, you know, Baltimore and Miami at 13, 14, who do not have their starting quarterbacks, mm-hmm. most likely with Baltimore. And, and so that's the operating assumption right now for us. We'll find out maybe tomorrow before we make our picks. Hopefully, if Lamar actually is going to go, it's not looking like he is going to there. Uh, I think that was a, a big statement, though, to put Burrow two and Josh yeah. Allen three. For this. I, I fought with it a little bit, but I think he's had the slightly better year. He took his team to the Super Bowl last year. Allen didn't. You know, I, I, I definitely am not questioning Allen, but. I definitely am not questioning Burrow's clutch factor either. Did you fact, because you have a category for offensive line. Next is run game. Did you factor in offensive lines for the run game or just the results of the run game, which kind of does factor in offensive line? And each time you talk about a running back, you're talking about his offensive line in a way. Yeah. I mean, how well does the team run the football? And again, that includes quarterback runs, uh, how well the, the line opens the holes. But I did make O-line its, its own category with just a combination of run and pass blocking. So I guess there's some overlap there, yeah. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that, I mean, when you factor in Hurts and the, as well as they open holes, I had no problem with that. But your Niners were close behind. Yeah, the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles have the trifecta of running the ball traditionally, running the ball with the quarterback, and a good offensive line that helps right. both those things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a spot where the Giants showed up well in the Ravens, as you would expect. Tampa Bay's hideous, and Minnesota for me also was really bad. I mean, th- those are some of those were the two worst. Jacksonville, Miami aren't particularly good running the ball either. Um, as you can see, as kind of we opened the show, these aren't the premium run games. You know, I mean, really the top five on my list: Philly, Niners, Giants, Ravens, Dallas. I would say are above average running teams, but the rest of them really aren't. The full run game list here, according to Matt Williamson, number one, Philadelphia Eagles, two 49ers. Then we got the Giants, the Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals, then Kansas City Chiefs, seven, Seattle Seahawks, eight. I might bump up the Seattle Seahawks with Kenneth. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, um, but probably at the top of the middle tier still. Mm -hmm. Um, Buffalo, nine, Chargers, 10, Miami Dolphins, 11, which the Dolphins are kind of, hit and miss and without the starting quarterback they're going to lean on the run game and they have had games where they really create a lot in the running game but um for a shanahan disciple it's been more about the passing game for miami and mcdaniels there than than the run game yeah jacksonville jaguars 12 minnesota vikings 13 and tampa bay buccaneers 14 i don't know tampa tries anymore (laughs) yeah i mean yeah we know it's going to happen they're going to drop back 50 times with tom brady and throw the ball four yards a clip for the most part, and then hope they can hit one. And that's pretty much the difference. Like if that's Tampa it. Bay hits those Mike Evans deep balls, maybe a, a 
Godwin deep ball, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that'll be the difference if they score more than 19 points. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that could happen. Who knows? Receiving weapons. Okay. Number one, San Francisco 49ers. And again, this is not wide receivers alone. This is talking about Christian McCaffrey and, and George Kittle and the different ways that uh, quarterbacks get players, the ball in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, just pass catchers, you know I mean? So uh, I think the Niners are as good as probably number one in the league. And since he would be, in most categories, very, very high with those three wideouts, but their running back tight ends held them back a little bit. They still were two. Miami's three. I mean, the fact Tyree Kill and Waddle together is just a lot. And Eagles, you know, Eagles come in at four. They're pretty well-rounded. Minnesota was hard for me. I put them at five. It's almost all Jefferson. I, I mean, I give Hawkinson a lot of credit too, but Jefferson has to carry a lot of weight in this in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Kansas City. Where is Kansas? Kansas City's all the way down at 10 oh. with Travis Kelsey, which is interesting. I have him behind Tampa. I mean, I think Tampa has more. I have him ahead of Jacksonville, which isn't a bad group of receivers either. I mean, I like Engram and Kirk, but they're not super dynamic. I might have been a little harsh on Seattle. Now, Yeah, you know, I just think yeah. about Seattle with, and they don't throw a lot to their running backs or tight ends. That's what I've got a really nice about. duo of wide receivers there. Yeah, so maybe they should be ahead of Jacksonville. And this list would look a lot different. I'd probably put them ahead of Jacksonville. This list would look a lot different if you were just doing wide receivers too. Seattle would be well, higher. Uh, so 49ers would probably drop down below a team like Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, even though the 49ers have some some decent wide receivers as well. And the bottom of the list, I don't think anybody should be surprised. It's Baltimore 13 and New York Giants 14. They might have the worst receiving weapons in the league. I mean, between the Ravens and Giants, Andrews I gave a nice little something to, but – Barkley's a good receiver, but I mean, they have awful receivers. So once again, receiving weapons, one 49ers, two Cincinnati, then Miami, Philly, Minnesota, the Chargers at six, Buffalo at seven, uh, Dallas at eight, Tampa Bay, nine, Chiefs, 10, Jacksonville, Seattle, Baltimore, and New York Giants to uh at the bottom 14 list and then before we go to the defensive side of the ball matt let's talk offensive lines here how do you rate these offensive lines in the nfl playoffs i think the eagles and chiefs are probably the two best lines in the entire league they kind of stood alone to me then i didn't you know i was kind of fighting through it on three i went with dallas narrowly over baltimore some of that depends on health for dallas as well your niners were next Tampa's getting healthy. I think that's a big deal. I have them at six because much of the year they were not, you know, wouldn't be super high on this list. Um, the bottom was interesting to me too. Slater's still out. So the Chargers were 13. Since he's 14 and Kappa being out, I think hurts them. But they invested so heavily in their offensive line this offseason. It really isn't fixed. Uh, Lane Johnson's injury for... Yeah, I didn't know what to do about that. That's um, that's a tough one because that makes a big difference. I mean, he's uh, he was put on the shelf right tackle the season, and as long as he comes back in the playoffs and plays at uh, a certain level, um, do we even have confirmation that he is back for the that's? Playoffs? I hadn't heard anything because I thought about it, and I'm like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say Johnson's playing. If not, I'd probably bump them to three or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's the best right tackle in the league is an abdomen injury and hopefully he's able to play at that level. Cause that makes a big difference on, on the ranking for the Philadelphia Eagles here and makes mm-hmm. a, a big difference in their playoff push to, to be honest with you, or their, their playoff um, expectations and their, and their uh, 
their role, the road to the Super Bowl, get an extra week off here. And the plan was he put off surgery so he could play in the postseason. And we'll find out next week what that looks like for him. But that is the plan for him to play in the postseason, despite the injury and sitting out the rest of the regular season. I I know we need to hustle along, but I'm sure you're aware of this since they're the Niners opponent. Seattle's O-line has really started to go downhill in the second half of the season. Those rookie they, tackles are struggling. Yeah, and they they relied so much on their rookies, and I think they have hit some rookie walls there with that team, yeah. and so they did kind of limp into the playoffs, and they lost five of six at one point in the second half of the season. So, um, But really a commendable job for what Seattle's been able to do with so many rookies playing early. And yeah, I mean, you got to talk to John Schneider as, as one of those candidates for executive of the year, too, because of that that rookie class and and the whole Russell Wilson trade and, and ended up better at quarterback in the end. I was just listening to Ross Tucker, uh, his podcast, and he said he was talking about the same thing and said, boy, as an offensive lineman, did I hit a rookie wall as a rookie is what Ross said. He said, I was used to playing 10 games in the Ivy League. Well, game 10 is week six. <laughs> I never, I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Wow. Yeah, it didn't really think of it that way. You're playing two seasons. Based two on your seasons. Yeah. Okay, next, let's get to the defensive side of the ball here. Matt Williamson's playoff team rankings. Today's episode brought to you in part by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know a lot of people set their goals to eat a little bit healthier in the new year, me included, and Built Bar is the perfect treat to add to that plan because with Built Healthy is actually tasty, and you feel good about reaching for a treat when it is a built Bar. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think that they're good for you. They are perfect for the New Year resolutions and just trying to he- eat healthier all year around. What makes built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100 most bars. If you don't like chocolate, you can find some built Bars that don't have 100% real chocolate enveloping them. But uh, And it's real chocolate. It tastes good. You don't feel like you're eating some weird fake chocolatey treat. You feel like you're getting something that is really tasty for you and it is so packed with protein and and you need that to give yourself that energy and and feel satisfied when you reach for that snack instead of the empty calories that you might find with a candy bar or the bag of chips so get rid of those terrible snacks for you fill your glove box in your car your desk at work your pantry at home with a snack that you can feel good about and that tastes fantastic with built bars only 130 calories in most built bars only four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of proteins. And of course, you can get those Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can start finding them on store shelves as well, including your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Go get a four-pack. It's in the pharmacy section at your local Walmart. Find four packs of cookies and cream flavor, uh, double chocolate or coconut puffs, or at Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box of all the hit flavors and thank us later, or go to Built.com. Okay, Matt, we're going to the defensive side of the ball here for these playoff teams, starting with pass defense. You talked about all the EPA per dropback for these teams in the playoffs, so you got to be able to defend the pass. That's talking pass rush. That's talking coverage. How do you have these pass defenses ranked? Yeah, and as you were telling everyone about our buddies at Built Bar, I got a notification on my phone. If needed, the AFC Championship is going to be played in Atlanta, so little nugget oh. there for people if it gets to that point that's where it makes sense i mean weather would be an issue easy place to get to there you have it so make your reservations now bills and chiefs fans if you think you're gonna go <laughs> so for pass defense run defense it's not that i cheated but i did rely on numbers i went and i looked at epa ranks i looked at dvoa ranks i thought you know pass rush was a big factor for my pass defense you know tallies how well do they cover 
Um, so I kind of combined as much data as I could. And, and then does that pass the sniff test for me? So my, my best pass defenses, top five were Eagles, Niners, Dallas, mostly based off their pass rush, Ravens, Bengals. The bottom of the heap was Jacksonville last, Minnesota. They've struggled this year and pretty bad. Miami, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. The Giants, I mean, they're pretty aggressive, but that can cost them. And Seattle was 10. Philadelphia Eagles, number one, 49ers, two, Cowboys, three, Baltimore, four, Cincinnati, five, Buffalo Bills, six, Chargers, seven, uh, Tampa Bay, eight, Kansas City Chiefs, nine ranked pass defense, Seattle Seahawks, 10, New York Giants, 11, Miami Dolphins, 12, Minnesota Vikings, 13, and Jacksonville Jaguars, 14 ranked pass defense in the playoffs, according to Matt Williamson. I'm starting to get a little bit of vibe here about some teams that maybe, Matt, you probably don't feel like have a very good chance to uh, make it to and win the Super Bowl with how low they're ranked on a lot of these lists like the Miami Dolphins and the New York Giants, especially when you start talking about quarterback. Yeah, and another one that kind of shows up that might shock people low on this list is the Vikings, you know, I mean that, which if you look at DVOA or any of those that have been saying all along, boy, the, like, the Vikings are the luckiest team out there. Um, you kind of see that when you break it down into some of these key categories. I don't think it shocks anyone that the Giants are at the bottom of the list. And Miami is currently constructed, has more holes than just quarterback, too, as you got to mention there. All right, let's rank the let's like rank uh, the run defenses for these teams. All right, um, I am sorting now. Here we go. I have San Fran one. Buffalo's really good against the run as well. The Ravens are tremendous against the run to the point where teams just kind of give it up against the Ravens and just start throwing like crazy. Uh, led by guys like Christian Wilkins, the Dolphins are pretty strong in this category. I have them at four. Uh, the Giants are horrendous. They're fourteenth. And it's hard to get below the Chargers, who are also really, really bad, but the Giants were able to do it. I mean, so it could be a massive Dalvin Cook game. I mean, it could be a decent ATN game. Those are my bottom two by a pretty wide margin. Chargers Wasn't this the same problem the Chargers had last year was their run defense? And yep. thought maybe they did something to fix it in the offseason, and apparently they didn't really do enough. Not enough. I mean, last year I think they were a distant 32nd. This year they're like, 28th climb into the middle maybe next year yeah let's guess that's progress that is a, a bad combination of things for some teams um especially when you look at the seattle seahawks who can't stop yeah. the run and the 49ers rank so high in the run game and then the 49ers are really good stopping the run and stopping the pass on defense so. yeah i just noticed that the vikings Seahawks, Giants are the three defenses that are 10 or lower in both categories. Not so great. Not a great combination combination on the defense side of the ball. Um, Special teams? teams. Yeah, special teams. And then we'll talk about the total rankings of these teams here. How do you see it? And we'll we'll talk more about the top and the bottom here as it pertains to special teams. Yeah. And, And here's pulling back the curtain. I went to Football Outsiders, typed in special teams, DVOA, sorted it, and then just stole their numbers completely because I'm not watching special teams fade well, or breaking down punters. Or, you know? and, it, and it does matter. Like special teams yeah, like huge. Packers ousted from the playoffs last year. It's absolutely huge. And, uh, I mean, the Ravens are always elite in that category, but Buffalo came up a little ahead of them. That's a big part for Seattle. You know, people don't think, how would Seattle get here? Well, they're really good on special teams. Chargers have gotten much better, too. They are four. Uh, the bottom ones, though, 
Tampa's horrendous on special teams. Minnesota, that's another aspect of them where they struggle. Miami, the Giants. I mean, I keep picking on Minnesota, Miami, and the Giants. Well, I mean, it's not. I'm not biased against them. I mean, it's just kind of a formula here. By the way, so usually really good coaches are they 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 don't they don't ignore the third you know the 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 third teams the special teams the 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 third facet of your football team after offense and defense and Pete Carroll usually has pretty good special teams and Harbaugh is a former special teams coordinator and he's always got really good special teams and Bill Belichick usually has really good special teams this year special teams might have let Bill Belichick down and might have been one of the reasons they didn't sneak into that seven seed so um although they did get some return some good returns from uh, from Jones, the the rookie there, but um, it, it, it's just something to to look at with with oh, special. There's something to it, and really good coaches usually care quite a bit about special teams and have uh, have good units there. No doubt. And hey, I mean, uh, close game. I'll I'll take Justin Tucker on my squad. You know what I mean? I mean, it, sometimes it comes down to a kick. Yeah, well, and weather, for the Baltimore know. Ravens, they're going to try to run the ball and they're going to try to play defense, Keep and they're going to hope it does come down to a field goal because that's yeah. their only shot. Uh, that's your only chance. Get a bounce or two and, you know, go from there. No Lamar. We'll see. Maybe maybe Lamar does come back and that'll change some things here for, for Baltimore. So the, the top few, Buffalo, Baltimore, Seattle, Chargers, Dallas Cowboys. And then at the bottom of the list, you've got counting up from the bottom, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Miami, New York Giants, and Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, bucking the trend a little bit is, is Andy Reid, who cares a little bit less about special teams, seemingly, than some of his contemporary great coaches. And that may end up being important if they get, you know, if it's in order to beat Cincy Buffalo, the Eagles three games in a row. And maybe what stops them is special teams for Kansas City. Although it's not at that Packers level from last year. No, no, that. you're right about that. There's no one that's just off the charts horrendous. So obviously certain things should be weighted more than others. But when you add all these categories up, Matt, and you, you tally up the totals, it's pretty clear and it's pretty stark difference actually from some of the teams at the top that are ranking high on a lot of these categories in the, in the teams at the bottom. Absolutely. You know, so the lower number, the better, um, you know, cause one is better than 14. I just added them all up. And again, I'd rather be strong at quarterback than special teams. So I'm not weighting all of them, but still your Eagle or your Niners and the Eagles are both at 33, clearly the best two Buffalo's at 41, Dallas at 45, Kansas city at 48, Baltimore at 49, Cincy at 52. Then there's a little bit of a gap. Chargers at 71, Seattle at 72, Jacksonville's also at 72, the Bucs are at 76, and then the teams I've really been picking on and don't mean to, Miami at 79, Minnesota at 84, Giants only one worse at 85. Doesn't bode well for the Bikes. And there's something to it because you, you look at that massive tier break after the top six or seven teams here. Uh, I think if you were to put your chips in on one of the teams that wins the Super Bowl, it's probably Absolutely. one of Philly, San Francisco, Buffalo, Dallas, Kansas City, or well, Baltimore sneaking in there actually because yeah. of the special teams, uh, and then Cincinnati. So take Baltimore's D carried a lot of weight for them. Yeah, you know that that really helped Baltimore, but. Uh, could that overcome a lack of quarterback? I have my doubts. And I will say for Baltimore and for San Francisco, both, if you put uh, Lamar Jackson in there, instead of Baltimore ranking 13th, they jump up quite a bit on this list. Quite a bit. And 49ers, if you properly ranked Purdy at one instead of 12, <laughs> be way ahead. They'd be number one then. Right. There you go. If I bump Purdy up one spot, they'd beat up Philly for the lead. All right. There you have it. That's Matt Williamson's uh, rankings <laughs> for these playoff teams heading toward wildcard weekend. If you love it, if you don't like it, find Matt on Twitter 
at Williamson NFL. You can holler at me as well at BD Peacock. Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Back tomorrow, making our picks for wild card games right here, Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>